yet another episode here of the Bible Connection. My name is Matt, and as always, this is my co-host Stephen Athon. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. Uh, today we're talking about Christian music and worldly music, and how it all fits into us and the Bible in today. Yeah, and uh, just to follow up from last week's podcast, if you didn't check it out, go back on uh, the podcast app, check it out, and it was entitled, uh, What Does God Think About Our Media? And uh, a few follow-up from that, we talked about how much our world, how much our culture today is involved in media. And so on the Bible Connections Facebook page, which is a good plug to put this in here right now, Mm -hmm. uh, follow us on Facebook, like us. Every week we're going to have a discussion on there uh, about the topic that we talked about the week before. The question this week was, uh, TV and movies can occupy a good portion of our free time. What are some alternatives that are more healthy and beneficial? And Bob from Oklahoma writes, exercise like walking uh, while listening to good Christian music or the Bible uh, via uh, electronic app. Uh, uh, Danielle writes here, uh, she says naps. Uh, and then uh, uh, she says on a more serious note, uh, developing relationships with what loved ones and also uh, meeting new neighbors or developing a hobby. And so all those are good. So thank you, uh, Bob and Danielle, for interacting with us on our Facebook page. Like I said, uh, check us out on Facebook page. Uh, you can uh, just type in Bible Connection and look for the logo there. Also, you can uh, find it uh, via Stephen or my fa- personal Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. probably posted on there somewhere as well. And Matt, I also wanted to mention one comment we got via email from Josh in Florida. And he said, uh, thanks for taking the time to produce Bible-based content. He was listening to our recent podcast about uh, wasting time on the internet, and he pointed us to a really cool tool. It's called uh, Waste No Time, and it's a browser extension that allows the user to add websites to a block list, and uh, then that list is registered by a timer, so you can determine how many minutes uh, that you want to spend on a certain website, which is kind of a cool tool there. It's a browser extension called Waste No Time. Yeah, and so thank you guys for interacting. Uh on our Facebook page and via our email. And we'll give those details again at the end of the episode. Uh, but let's jump right into the episode today. And we're talking, as last week, we talked about media, more so televisions and movies. And today we're going to be talking about music. Music, yeah, like we said. So we've got some great questions and hopefully some practical applications for you. But we always want to start with the Bible. So, you know, we could ask ourselves, what does the Bible have to say about music? Yeah, and... uh we have an expert, really, in the room today. Uh, oh, Stephen has a, a music degree and graduated I, from college. And okay, with I have a degree in secondary education with an emphasis in music. Oh, yeah. an emphasis in music. Emphasis. But he is our music pastor here at Central Baptist Church, and so uh, he is just a wealth of knowledge, and I'm just here, and I'm going to actually be the co-host, and I'll let him... Uh, Give the content. I'll just ask the questions Ooh, today. So I get to be the host for once. Cool. Uh, well, I would not say I'm an expert by any means, but hey, we do want to talk about what the Bible has to say about music today. And uh, really, you know, if I could just sum it up in one word or two words, even uh, music in the Bible is for the purpose of glorifying and praising God, glorifying and praising God. And there's tons of passages that we could go to uh, that talk about that. Uh, but then we have some examples specifically about, you know, how music was used. Let's think about like after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea and they 
you know, they were just overwhelmed with a feeling of thanksgiving uh, towards God, and they just broke out into song, praising Him for their deliverance. Then you have some other examples. That was Exodus 15. You have some examples in Judges, and then there in in the books of the kings and and with King David's victories, how they just sang, uh, giving God praise for victories. And uh, another one, Stephen, that I'm thinking of is uh, we have a whole book dedicated mm-hmm. to psalms. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, there are actually 150 different psalms recorded, David being kind of the main author, and then uh, many other composers also listed there. And, uh, yeah, in the New Testament, uh, in Colossians 3 and verse 16, uh, we see that the apostle exhorts us to, well, teach and admonish others in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So as we go back to the, the purpose of those psalms, you know, you look at a lot of the content of them. They were for, in praise to God, but they also taught uh, attributes of our God. They taught uh, about the history of Israel and different things like that. Many times in the book of Psalms, they would go back and repeat the history of Israel, and they would tell of the many victories that God had given them, and then that would encourage them in that battle that they were facing that day. Yeah. You know, as we're continuing our thinking about music in the Bible, uh, there was a time, you know, a very, can you say, dark time in the New Testament, and this was the eve of Christ's crucifixion. And uh, as the disciples were finishing up the Last Supper, they were leaving towards the the Garden of Gethsemane, it says in Mark chapter 14 and verse 26 that they, they sung in hymn, and then they went out into the Mount of Olives. And so you find here that singing was a very important part of even our Savior's uh, time here on earth. Yeah, and not just an important part, but very un, very much a normal part yeah. of that culture and that age. And uh, should be a normal part of our Christian age and our, our Christian life is that we sing praises to God. Of course, we do that on Sunday morning in mm-hmm. a corporate fashion. But as you go throughout your day, uh, I encourage you guys to listen to Christian music, sing a praise to God. Uh, maybe there's a special song that really has impacted your life and heart, and continue to sing that over and over in your heart, and you can see uh, that that would sometimes brighten your day. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, do we ever see uh, where music is used to help encourage someone that's maybe uh, going through a dark time in the Bible? Definitely. And uh, I believe it's 1 Samuel. Uh, you have this you have this account of David as a young man being brought into the king uh, so he could play his harp, and it really soothed the troubled soul of King Saul. And it's, it's interesting here, you know, it doesn't talk about David singing. It just mentions him playing the harp. And here you have this principle. And that music itself has power. It, it is a moral agent by itself, even without words. And then it doesn't really matter if you add good, godly words to ungodly music, worldly, sensual music. It's not something that's going to be glorifying God because the music does matter, not just the words. Yeah, and of course, if we see in the story in 1 Samuel 16 that good music has the power to as in the story of uh, King Saul, to have an evil spirit depart, or really even just, if we can apply that to us today, that even when we're going through a tough time or a trying time, that Mm -hmm. we can uh, put a good Christian CD on to help encourage us, maybe during a bad day. But we can also see that in a secular way, there's power in music as well. And a very interesting, uh, there's a very interesting YouTube video that talks about the philosophy of pop music. 
in this video, it talked much about how pop music and pop culture is trying to influence uh, the listeners. Their goal is not just to entertain the listeners, but their goal is to influence the listeners. And one of the things I found very interesting is how pop music uses repetition. And then the idea is this, that pop music and their philosophy, they would much rather take three minutes of every day of your life than three hours every other week. And sometimes when we listen to those songs day in and day out, we don't think that it's affecting us. We may just think as it's entertainment. But pop culture is trying to affect us in this way. And this is not uh, us taking a high and uh, mighty stance and saying, watch out for the world, the world's evil. This is what the world says about the world's music. That they are seeking to indoctrinate them with their beliefs, with their attitude. And in this video, it even talked about how pop music doesn't even necessarily care about being right. They care mm -hmm. about being catchy. Do you remember what the title of that video is, Matt? So our, our listeners could look that up. Yeah, and it's only a six-minute video, so it's not that long. It's called Pop Culture, Pop, and Philosophy, and that's uh, done by the School of Life, and very well put together in the way they talk about it. And once again, this is the world talking about the world's music and the effect that it can have on its listeners and the mm -hmm. draw that it can have on its listeners, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, think about how much money uh, is generated every year just from from the music industry and it, it goes into retail too or uh, or food you know you go to a restaurant you hear a certain kind of music it's trying to make you to manipulate you subtly uh, to spend more money or or to get out of the door faster yeah and if you ever want to uh, look into that look up uh, it's a company called Muzak and it's a company and that's all they do is they uh, uh, tell companies what's the best songs that people oh, can yeah. buy more and spend more. <laughs> uh, but we get it's off topic science. a little bit. Uh, yeah. So what are some of the ideologies that we see in pop culture or pop music, really? And uh, Steven actually went through one song, and it's actually one of the top songs right now. Mm. Yeah, one of the most recent top songs is actually number one on the chart right now is, is a song by Drake. And it's called God's Plan. Uh, now, I've not done a whole lot of listening to Drake's music, um, if you can call it that. Uh, but he's a bit of a rap artist. And, uh, you know, he's got some interesting lyrics there. You know, if we just pull out the music and the lyrics and separate them for a minute. Uh, just, you know, just looking at the lyrics there kind of raises, they kind of make us raise some questions about, you know, his theology. And sure, the title has God in it, but that obviously doesn't make it a Christian song. And if you read a little bit more into it, he's talking about how that, according to uh, Genius.com, it says, God's plan is a feel-good track that discusses Drake's future. Uh, being who he is in the industry, he knows that people want him to fail. However, God won't let him do that. Okay? And so in this song, you've got, not to mention the expletives <laughs> and the very you know basic, rude speech uh, that he's promoting here, uh, he's, he's really got the wrong idea of God. And even one phrase goes so far to say as that he might go down as a god, which is really quite blasphemous. 
as a G-O-D, he says. And another thing that I thought interesting about his lyrics, just the lyrics, you know, he mentions the word me 25 times and the word I 23 times. And so... So what you're telling me, Stephen, is that Drake likes himself a lot. Yeah, you could say that. And, uh, you know, some would say he has every right to be liked and to like himself because he's so popular. Uh, But really, you have this man-centered focus here, this man-centered ideology uh, that really, whether you realize it or not, is rubbing off on the listener. Some of the other ideologies is a feel-good lifestyle. Uh, You'll often hear people... Uh, hooking up with somebody, you often hear uh, maybe just a night of fun. Often you'll hear often drugs and drinking, and even in country mm-hmm. music, often it's you know country music is often uh, uh, talking about drinking with your, your 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 buddies, and and it's all focused in on a fun lifestyle. And if you even go look up any of these music videos it's all ramped up for just a night of fun and you may say well that doesn't affect me like i said through that video we mentioned earlier the world says otherwise i think by fun you mean sin right they're glorifying sin yeah and Mm -hmm. i always think of moses uh in this illustration uh we look at the life of moses and in hebrews chapter 11 verse 25 it says talking about moses it says choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of god than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So sin is pleasurable, but that pleasure is very short and often comes with a price tag. And so when we look at the philosophy of music or the power that music has on us, we've kind of really looked at what the world's music can do, but really the Christian music can have that power on us as well to encourage us, to strengthen us, to help us, get through maybe a tough time, maybe a depressing time, often David would write a psalm when his heart was breaking. Which type of music do you want influencing your life? Yeah. So the point we're trying to make here is the decisions that you make in your own personal listening uh, are really important, and the music will affect you whether you realize it or not. Uh, And you know, some might ask, is it okay for a Christian to listen to secular music or, you know, should I only listen to, you know, church-approved music? And, uh, you know, that's a hard question to answer, uh, but I do believe uh, that each each Christian needs to decide for themselves between them and the Lord, you know, what is, is pleasing to God uh, for them to listen to. And there are a lot of complicated questions that you can ask, a lot of principles, a lot of applications, uh, but ultimately it comes down to what has God allowed you in Christian liberty to listen to? And that's not licensed to just listen to whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good. But we have to discern the mind of God on the matter. And that's very true. And we talked about some biblical principles for discerning media. And I'm not going to repeat all those here, but obviously we're going to want to avoid music with profanity or music that glorifies sin. And if you want a, a more in-depth look at that, you can listen to last week's episode but another principle I was thinking about, I like to call it the wedge principle. How many guys have ever been chopping wood and uh, you take a, a maul and it, it's that wedge to break that wood apart? Often, you know, when a, when a crack starts in a piece of wood, it's going to be easier to split that piece of wood. Mm-hmm. In our own life, we may just say, well, I'm just going to listen to this one song. But is that going to cause us to listen to more songs of that genre 
that would lead into sin. Yeah, you take a genre like rock and roll, and it's very clearly anti-scriptural, very sensual in nature, very worldly. And so if you're saying, okay, I like this one rock and roll artist song, yeah, it can be a slippery slope or a, a slippery slope or a foot in the door uh, to get more consumed with that style of music. Yeah, and when I think about music that sometimes uh, is kind of on the fence there, you know, oftentimes we may hear a, uh, a country song by a country artist that may be singing about America, very patriotic. Yeah. We also have to consider, if I listen to that one song, am I going to have a desire to start listening to all of that artist music? And maybe if we're listening to it on the radio, if you flip through the radio and you say, oh, I really like this song. Well, we don't have control. What's the next song? And that song may be fine, and there may not be anything inherently wrong with that song, but that may start us to enjoy that style of music, and then we'll be starting to listen to songs that are talking about sinful actions or songs that aren't uplifting to God or songs that maybe do glorify sin. Yeah, so be purposeful in, you know, what songs you listen to. I think that just, you know, in the same way that sitting down mindlessly watching TV is bad— just mindlessly listening to the radio or to a Pandora playlist, I think mindlessly letting this music come in and you have no control over what plays next, I think there's a danger to that. And to go off what Stephen just said about mindlessness, often I believe that Christians, we go through life without thinking about what does God think about it. We just kind of, we flip on the TV, we turn on the radio, we listen to the song, without even thinking about it. And I'm not saying that what you're listening to is wrong or right, but have you thought about it? Mm. You know, I even have to sit down once in a while with Christian music, and I have to think about it, because there are Christian songs out there, and I know Stephen has heard them, that we have sung uh, in churches for many years that are really not based in Scripture, and it's really it's pulled Scripture out of context. Yeah, based on a a faulty understanding of scriptural truths. And uh, so really the idea is think about what you're listening to. Uh, think about the power it not could have, but the power that it will have on your life. Honestly, you could go on and on forever and ever, and you can get as technical or as, as broad as you want to get. Uh, but in my opinion, you don't have to be a music scholar, a professional musician, to understand what music is worldly and what music is godly. And, you know, if there's a gray area, the point that we want to leave you with as listeners today is, you know, that gray area, exercise caution and ultimately go to the Lord and see what His, what His viewpoint is on the matter before you just carelessly begin to listen to it. And that's a great point because often we want someone to say, Tell me what's right. Tell me what's wrong. Or someone, maybe with a little bit of pride, says, well, this is right for me or wrong for me. But here's the issue. Each individual Christian has to go to God in prayer and say, God, what do you think about this? And I believe that God is strong enough to guide and direct each individual Christian in that. And so we here on the Bible Connection... Uh, we're not going to give you a list of all the right songs and all the wrong songs. One, it would be impossible. And two, Stephen and I would probably disagree <laughs> on about 50% of the list. 
So, but what we can do is we can go to God and we can look at God's Word and through God's Word and the principles we looked at today, hopefully align our music that the ultimate goal is not for us to be entertained. The ultimate Mm -hmm. goal is for God to be glorified and God to be honored. Yes. And if other people, you know, see or hear you listening to a questionable artist or a questionable song, do you think that's really going to help the testimony of Christ in that person's life? Yeah, and that's uh, and that person could be a saved individual or someone that's unsaved, and maybe they would look at your life or my life and they say, "Well, if he listens to the same music I do, what's the difference?" And so we got to be very careful about that. About uh, our music, often. Uh, we identify with it. Everybody, I think, has a unique playlist. There's nobody out there that has the exact same songs on their playlist. So music does tell a lot about who we are. It tells us a lot about who we are and tells other people about who we are as well. Yeah. So in all this discussion, I know, you know, music is one of those things that can really get people on edge, can really aggravate a lot of people and get some heated debate and argument. Uh, I hope that you know, we didn't instigate anything like that, but I do hope that we got you thinking about what your music choices are and, you know, what would be pleasing to the Lord. If you uh, would like to email us at bibleconnection.cbc at gmail.com, if you have any questions about music, maybe it's as specific as maybe a song, an artist, or a style of music, or more intricate uh, of a question like, what is syncopation? Is music okay if it's on the offbeat? Does music need to have a melody to be God-honoring? Are there instruments that are God-honoring? Are there instruments that are not? And if you have a question like that, or maybe a question of your own, email us at thebibleconnection.cbc at gmail.com, and that free gift is still available, and we'll gladly mail that anywhere in the continental U.S. Yeah, sorry, no entries in Antarctica this time. So, or like us and check out our Facebook page. Uh, we'll yeah. be posting stuff there every other day at least, either a question or a picture or maybe an encouraging verse as well. And we want to kind of build a community where people can talk about these discussions in an open way and also where maybe there's a Christian who's new in the faith who maybe doesn't understand something, and maybe we as a, as, a, as a team together, we can help each other grow and encourage one another. Well, thanks, guys, once again for tuning in to The Bible Connection. And we're so glad you joined us for another episode. We will see you again next week. Pop, pop music is what we... Can you take out every time I say pulp music and put pop music in? Pulp. 100% pulp. <laughs> uh, can we call it soda music? Orange juice music. <laughs> no, like pop. Soda. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> put that in at the bloopers. That's a good one. Pop culture. Pop culture. Pop music. Pop music. Pop music. Pop music. Pop, pop, pop music.